Every Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m., WRFL invites you to office hours, real-world conversations with UK professors. No appointment necessary. Representing the 16 colleges across campus, Office Hours brings professors from every corner of UK to share their adventures in academia. Go beyond the syllabus to learn more about the people behind the research. We'll be demystifying higher education one interview at a time. Stop by every Wednesday afternoon. Office Hours is available online via wrfl.fm or on the airwaves on 88.1 FM, Radio Free Lexington. WRFL 88.1 Lexington. This is Office Hours. My name is Brian. Over to my left is the host with the most, <laughs> Sarah Schutze, Dr. Dr. Sarah The doctor Schutze. is in. <laughs> and our uh, premier, ultra, uber awesome guest, my friend and yours, Kaki Urch. So... Why don't I just be quiet for a while and let other people talk and let things kind of flow? And in, 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 well, see, I lied. I'm still going to talk. Yeah, um, Brian, you're not going to be quiet. That's okay. You shouldn't be. Yeah. Thank you, Brian Connors Mankey. <laughs> you didn't introduce yourself. Fully, no. You're Brian right. Connors Mankey of the College of Arts and Sciences. Master of the board. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> now former <bullshit>. runner of the line of scrimmage <laughs> on Monday Night Football. That's my favorite fact about what is him. It? Is he used to be the guy in the truck that put the line of scrimmage on the TV for... Is that not true, Dave? Yeah, Monday Night Football, yeah. Uh, 2001, when when we first started doing the first and ten line, yeah. Back in the day. So he was the guy. There's a guy behind the line of scrimmage, the first and ten. this is the guy. This is it. Wow. Right here. A lot of... (laughs) A lot of... uh, A lot of things in the past. Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, But... He's pointing at me now. trying to get to was Kaki will also kind of explain a little bit about why we played that song sure. in a little bit, which is also even that even connects to Sarah and the, the department right. that she. It's so all it is. It's woven. a confluence. It's, it's like such yeah. a confluence. It's like the forks. You know, it's the it's like the the big sandy. It's like the forks <laughs> of the big sandy coming together. So it's serendipitous. Uh, so yeah. you know, here we are, just coming together. So today. Sarah, take over. Take all over. right, all right. Well, you mentioned. Um, well, you mentioned something about Brian's past, and today we have Kaki as our guest. We have an, uh, we get the opportunity to spend some time talking about WRFL's past, right. and we're also at a very transformative moment with WRFL because we talk about this a lot off air, but WRFL is moving because the student center that houses us is under construction for the next three years, so we're going to have a temporary. Um, studio, but Kaki Urch was really one of the founding members, or the one of the founders of WRFL, so I'm going to throw it over to you and just say welcome, Kaki Urch. I'm so happy to have you here. It's really going to be a delight, and just go ahead and introduce yourself if you want, and we'll just get sure. rolling. Thank you, Dr. Schutze. Um, <laughs> my name is Kaki, like the pants, Urch, rhymes with church. Um and I am currently a uh, an associate professor of multimedia in the School of Journalism and Telecommunications. But uh, in 1985, I was a I was a Kentucky Colonel columnist, and I wrote a column that expressed an idea that actually a couple of people on campus had had well before me um, that uh, we needed some sort of alternative radio station in the city of Lexington to to sort of bring the the sounds that were 
you know, uh, emerging uh, and indigenous. So we have bluegrass music here made mm-hmm. in the state. There was none on the air at the time. This is before uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, you know, made it popular, right, to yeah. have bluegrass music. We made it, and the only places that were playing it were far western Kentucky and in eastern Kentucky, and that was, that was very limited. Um, we have an amazing local music scene, um, and those bands weren't getting airplay. The entire, you know, quote, weirdness that was the talking heads and things like that, <laughs> and then the the emerging American punk movement, were, were not getting any, any sort of airplay. And, you know, we were just this kind of, like, creative college town that was hungry to hear these sounds. Jazz wasn't uh, being played. World music, I mean... When we, the first year we were on the air, 1988, was the first time that, you know, a Miriam Makeba disc came in from a major label, mm. you know. So, hey, this is this is Miriam Makeba. All right. So that that's where, like, world music really started wow. flooding in, in 1988. So, so what I did was wrote a column that sort of summed this up. And I did quote, started it with a quote from Lou Reed that said, you know, everyone should have two radios in case one breaks. <laughs> and so this great this line. rock and roll tune that we just heard from the Velvet Underground, to me, um, described uh, pretty much a, a radio station called WNEW-FM in uh, New York, which I grew up listening to, 102.7, which was at the very forefront of the FM movement uh, in, the, in the 60s and 70s, um, where they would take reel-to-reel tape machines out and play record gigs and so forth and wow. come back and talk about the music wow. and I got a lot of I got a lot of music education you know sitting in my Connecticut suburb listening to 1027 and other other stations like there was a WRVR which was an all jazz station amazing you know, I had to stand on the beach with the transistor like halfway out over the water you could hear it that was supposed to be so the connection to your department of English right mm-hmm. which I am actually a double graduate of I have a undergrad in English with the writing component the not creative writing but the expository writing and then I also have a master's degree in American literature mm-hmm. and mass culture from there so I, I love the English department or the department of English in fact right <laughs> the department, the department of-, <laughs> of English right because that is the proper English for That's the correct. department of correct. English but in any case back in those days uh, I was a I was a young girl and uh, Eric Reese was a young man uh, your professor, your very famous professor, That's and brilliant right, in of uh, of uh, creative writing, mm-hmm. um, and so he was a writer for the Kentucky Colonel. He was also my good friend. So he was writing a story for the Colonel the day of our going on the air in 1988. I kind of let him slip. I said, you know, off the record, don't use this. You know, our first song is going to be Velvet Underground Rock and Roll. And he printed it in the paper. <laughs> and so, which was the absolutely <laughs> the right thing to do as a journalist, right? So we had to, we had to, um, then, then we made poor Eric look like a fool because what we did was we changed our mind and we uh, found a kind of a more contemporary, maybe even more apt tune, which was uh, Big Audio Dynamite's uh, Come On Every Beatbox. Big Audio Dynamite being... Uh, kind of a multicultural mix of uh, some of the former members of the clash and it was it was actually a little more apt so i'm glad i'm glad that uh eric screwed us over so we can screw him (laughs) over back so we can pick the right song to start this station with so yeah so that's my background and and then i left you know i left school i got uh degrees and i I went on to penn state to pursue my doctorate in uh, rhetoric and composition taught in penn at penn state taught here and taught here english and then um been a long time working for Fortune 500 companies uh, who owned media outlets as a newspaper editor, a website editor, multimedia person. And then I came back here, right? And so I'm so happy I'm here and on the faculty to have 
office hours That's right. on the Official air. Office hours. And I want to thank my current <laughs> University of Kentucky students, Journalism 330, which is web design and publishing, who are currently sitting in the lab in room 57, working on their own on their websites, doing their HTML and their CSS. Hard at work on right. creating I'll multimedia. Be the, I, you know, and I'll be in there to, to field questions at 310. But, <laughs> so, so I was one of, so that there was this little article and it, it got some attention on, in those days. Um, the colonel, you know, if I had said I was going to have an abortion at high noon at the fountain, you know, in front of the Patterson office tower, and by the way, the devil was the father, that would have, you know, <laughs> that would have gotten like six letters. But we got 200 letters about this radio column that I wow. wrote. Yeah, so. Because people just, there was a need. People people were enthused by the idea. They wanted it. Um, yeah. You know, there was there was no internet for learning about new music or other cultures. Um there was no public sharing. I mean, you had to go to the record store mm-hmm. and, you know, buy a, a record that you'd never heard. Yeah, um, in, in college town, um, right. you know, big college, you know, a big university. Um, when you looked at other places like that, they either had the kind of well, that, a little bit movement and stuff. So Lexington was in need of that. That was, mm-hmm. you know, that was a Ciceronian point of right. my argument. I said in this article that, you know... Um, we were the only uh, school in the SEC, except for Mississippi State, that did not have a student-run radio station. So I thought that Dr. Ogle Singletary, who was our, who was our uh, president, would just read that, be shocked, build an alternative radio station, and I could tune in and save all this, <laughs> save all this record money you know, for right. food. Um, but as it turned out, people were very interested. They wanted, they wanted people to... to do something about this and you know as a journalist you're not actually supposed to do something you're supposed to <laughs> you're supposed to yeah. remain objective um but it turned out that i actually kind of left the colonel to get involved with this and some of the major student leaders of the day joined in and uh, created a um a student organization radio free lexington mm-hmm. um uh, it included the president of the sga um the uh editor of the colonel um some real some real powerful sga students and uh, a lot of people from the honors program, mm-hmm. um, and so we just started this, and we started a five hundred one three C, and we foot, got a, got a media lawyer, and we put an FCC license, and you know we were nineteen years old, and there we are, we have an FCC wow, license for an FM incredible. station. So yeah, I mean it it just shows that you you know at that age you you don't know what's impossible. So mm-hmm. so go ahead and try build right? a radio station. Sure. <laughs> um, so but it wasn't you know it was. It was this little article that got people interested, and then it unified people because they read about it and they wrote letters, and then we had little meetings, and we were a student organization, and it was like 90, 100 people strong, and people did bake sales, and they did Mm -hmm. uh, all the local bands contributed time, and they did uh, concerts and so forth and benefits, and we were helped by then local councilwoman Deborah Hensley, who gave us $10,000 of her discretionary money at the time when we were just about to not make it to our deadline, Deborah Hensley will come back around. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. And, uh, you know, and then I, th- I believe Dr. Singletary uh, kicked us a little bit of money at, and he said, they can't do anything to me about this now. I'm retiring. <laughs> um, and so John safe. Herbst, yeah, John Herbst, who's the director of the Student Center now, was the director of student activities, and he was one of my mentors. And, you know, it, it's fascinating that we're moving our location of WRFL, okay? So it's sort right. of bittersweet. 
But this location only came to us serendipitously because we were originally supposed to be in the basement of Miller Hall. We were halfway there. We'd paid for architectural studies and so forth, and they found asbestos in the building. And so we couldn't actually be there. And so John Herbst, as director of the Student Center and, and the former director, Frank Harris, who now the ballroom is named after him, oh, okay. right? Frank, Frank H. Harris, found this space here at the bottom of the Student Center, facing now facing Kennedy's, you know, and it was an old print shop and a barber really? shop. Yeah, interesting. Right, and across the way you could rent tents and go camping if you wanted. Um, and we we, got we this. need that again. I know yeah. that right. that is there's no like outdoor tent facilities. rent rent yeah. the tent yeah. Yeah. yeah get some so, stuff right the outdoor center I think it was called so um and you know other people contributed I mean the the one of the sad things is in the original studio we had cabinetry um, and of course we had no wood so I was working at a Pink Floyd show and Rep Arena and. Um, Electric Factory Concerts of Philadelphia was sponsoring this show, and Sid Payne was the executive. I knew him pretty well. So Pink Floyd had these sound platforms designated in their rider to be built in, you know, in the seating, and they just couldn't get it to work acoustically. So they had all this like really high quality plywood just lying there, and I said, Sid, are you going to use that wood? You know, could I have that oh my wood? Gosh. Yeah. So for so there's a plaque in there that says that you know this wood is a Pink Floyd sound platform. And so we're going to tear that down, but uh, you know, but people built it. I mean, the physical founders of this station—not me. I mean, maybe handed them a screw well, or two. You found the wood. That's yeah. Well, Jim, Jim Shambu, who is uh, whose father uh, owned for a long time Manny's, which is an amazing woodworking shop. I think still, I think it's still in. The, I don't know, but uh, yeah, and was a sculptor in wood. Came in here and told these guys how to build these shelves. With a square head, with flat head screws, apparently are the best. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Take your word for it. Right. So, in any case, so there's you know there's uh, generations of cultural history here, um, mm-hmm. and people forming uh, skills and backgrounds in all sorts of things. The things that they do at the station, you know, from uh, managing a nonprofit to being in compliance with federal regulations to you know the just. Can I say balls out? Sure. Balls out right creativity of some yeah. some big things like like boom slang and, mm-hmm. and some of these creative events. You know the the thriller the thriller parade yes. was founded by yeah. D- Ross Compton and uh, Teresa Toom as mm-hmm. part of their what is it A- art action art collective. Hey, I can't remember what they called it back then. Yeah, um, but uh, and this station has sponsored so many amazing uh, shows and bands that. You know, started out with you know, hey, the little buzz at RFL, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're my morning jacket. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so many kids have had this space as their kind of center of their UK universe. So it's sort of, it's sort of sad, but um, to be leaving this space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it is a lot of work because the the students, the students are doing an amazing job. They're moving an entire archived library of, like, literally archived with librarian. Skills, mm-hmm. you know, that's um, another thing that kids get here as mm-hmm. the as part of it. Um, so let's take a quick break. Yeah, what are we going to hear? Well, let's uh, do some business <laughs> with some underwriters. Yeah, you do some business. Love. Let's do some business, and then uh, we can we can listen to "Come On Every Beatbox," or we could listen to some bluegrass, or we could listen to what, whatever you like. Can, you uh, like do now, it all. now, Doctor Schutze. Doctor Schutze is. Do you have the Decroitson? Did you get that? No, I sent you a follow up. Yeah. Uh, well, we can look for it real quick. Okay. Well, Dr. Schutze is from Milwaukee and uh, one That's of the great. big supporter bands that 
um, that we were very close to. We used to travel and come play at our, our club a lot was De Kreutzen. Mm-hmm. So we could play some De Kreutzen. Oh, my people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're your people. <laughs> right. people. Danny Kaminska, yeah. Right. All right, well, let's, uh, let's From get, Milwaukee. get to the breaks and we'll all right, come get back to the all breaks. Right. Do the breaks. All right. Public Enemy here on WRFL 88.1. And I, we also even had Chuck D intro the song. Right. Doesn't because, get any better than right, that. Right. Because in 1989, uh, WRFL played and was the only station in this market to play Public Enemy right out of the box. Um, Boom. Fear, fear of a Black Planet. Um, seminal work in, uh, in black culture and rap culture. And, um, you know, an unheard voice here in Lexington. At the time, um, there was one of the pretty popular contemporary music stations. They had a rotation that was run, a, a, an announcement that was running in a heavy rotation that was like, all the hits <laughs> and no rap. Wow. You know, yeah, Just declaring yeah, no, right, no, like, you no know, tolerance. Yeah, no rap. So um, you know to see to see where uh, rap and the philosophy of Chuck D and and all of that has yeah. come and influencing people of you know all races and and cultures both in America and overseas as you know another indigenous American made music mm-hmm. um, that was not being heard um, you know that, so that's a that's a that's a point of great uh, I don't know if it's pride but it's it's a great point of our always commitment from day one to diversity at the station, I think, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, so we didn't, I didn't, I just completely turned the boat, like, you know, starboard right. We didn't go to, uh, come on every beatbox. We didn't do. Port left. Or, yeah. <laughs> Is there any port left? Get it? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> She's on fire. <laughs> I am on fire. That's right. But we'll still have some more musical gems coming up in a sure. little bit. Um don't tell you, and and speaking of pasts, don't try to like not mention that you also did work with Public Enemy. I did. I worked. I did a lot of production work with uh, touring musical artists. Everyone from Aerosmith to uh, Neil Diamond to Prince to Public Enemy. When Public Enemy was like the opening act for um, mm. Neil Diamond. LL Cool. No, <laughs> that's a show. No, the, LL Cool J, Cool Mo D. Let's see, Timex Social Club with their hit Roaches. And uh, the opening act that they flew in to Nashville to start the tour was Public Enemy because LL was about to get arrested for um, doing something lewd with a couch. He had done it Hmm. on the stage in Atlanta the night before, and the Mm -hmm. Atlanta police called the Nashville police and said, this guy's going to, you know, have simulated... Uh, relations with a couch and I think you need to arrest him and they told him don't do this and he said I'm going to do it and they said we're going to arrest you and he said we're going to change the plane reservations and so but anyway yeah so he was about to get arrested no he did get arrested he He got arrested in Atlanta for having simulated relations with a couch (laughs) on one of his slow songs and then uh, Atlanta police called Nashville police and said this guy's going to get up on the stage in the war memorial and have simulated relations with the couch and you need to arrest him for public obscenity and they warned LL and they told him not to do it and he said I'm going to do it and they said we're going to arrest you and so we just changed the plane reservation mm-hmm. for him yeah so you were you were in charge of that you had your hands I was just, in that I was a production assistant I did a lot with uh, backstage work and, mm-hmm. and catering and, and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and um, logistics so. And would you say your interest in music and radio really stems back to to what you were listening to growing up in Connecticut? So the well, that connection to what's happening in New well, York. Well, you know, my whole my whole life is encapsulated in this one like uh, wooden 
period icebox, literally that was an icebox, and you would open it, and there were like 50 records in there that my dad had. Uh-huh. You know, so there was Pete Seeger, um, and there was uh, The Doors' first record, and there was um, my first record, I guess, was uh, Eleanor Rigby, and my mother said I used to run around singing all the lovely people because I didn't know what lonely was. Not yet. Now, now, now I can sing that. But, you know, uh, Burl Ives and... Um, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and Johnny Mathis, Johnny Mathis, Johnny Mathis, mm-hmm. um, and the Clancy Brothers, mm-hmm. all this stuff, you know, that from the Mad Men era, I guess. But yeah, then, so an interest in that, and then, you know, New York was a, a really ripe radio market. We were lucky enough to get these this free information and, and music, and uh, there was a great uh, radio station also in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, which is, of course, the home of Yale University, W... There was WPLJ in New York and WPLR out of uh, New Haven and then WNEW out of uh, New York City. So those were NWRVR, which was all jazz out of New York City. Pretty big influences on me. And then, you know, you would go to the record store, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, in my little, our little suburb, we had this record store. It was called Johnny's. And for years and years, there was this guy named Johnny who was kind <laughs> of, you know, like you, you could tell he was... You could tell that 420 was one of his holidays. <laughs> and um, so then, so then for years, day, that's probably. right, for years and years, my, my girlfriends and I would walk into this next over town with our record money, and we would go into this really narrow record store and, you know, kind of go through every single disc, right, and walk out with something I'm sure that he was laughing at, right? And we knew he was laughing at us, a record store guy. Because of but, your choice? Yeah, was right. Not, it was certainly wrong, you know. Like, so you'd have to buy something really, like, obscure, like Gil Scott Heron, which we ended up loving, you know, just to make sure our purchase of, yeah. you know, of uh, Billy Joel was legit or something, you know. <laughs> Billy Joel was good in those days. But, um, yeah. you know. There's uh, a time period. You know, a lot of Bob Dylan. I mean, Bob Dylan Desire, that I bought that there like mm-hmm. when it first came out. So um, so then, as just as I was about to move out of Connecticut, he had this, like, he had a helper. You know, there's always Johnny, right? Oh. And then it was Johnny, and then, then <laughs> he had a helper, helper, and it was a younger guy, right? <laughs> you know, and so he's looking judgmentally at our... At our uh, our record purchases and you know who it was it was moby oh my god you're but, kidding yeah no but i didn't know that because of course you know he became moby later yeah yeah so that's unreal yeah but enough <laughs> enough of you know ghosts of radio past i say right let's go ghosts of no ghosts let's do the radio future yeah. yeah right so so this um you know we have this amazing grassroots radio station here that's Part of the thriving university community involves full-time community members who are who are not students, but is run uh, by students who make it their major student activity and learn all sorts of nonprofit management and um, cooperation and you know management of what, I don't know. Do you have 120 people here, volunteers? Mm-hmm. You know anyone who's tried to kind of staff a convenience store 24/7 can sort of figure out how difficult that is. But the students right. here are really able to do that. And I, said, I told you that uh, this, this wonderful woman named Deborah Hensley is a councilwoman, and she's also got Deborah's social stimulus here in town, and she's uh, the woman who was, as a councilwoman, behind the founding of the Hope Center. She's just a person who oh. touches things and makes things good for our community. Mm-hmm. She heard a couple of years ago about the possibility of these things called low-power FM radio station uh, licenses coming available. It's a result of a, of a law that uh, the Congress passed. In, uh, they signed it in 2011. It was passed in 2010 called the Community Radio Act. 
um, basically the spectrum on which radio travels, right, is owned by the people of the United States. That's why we have the Federal Communications Commission to regulate it, because it is a public entity, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, so some some people who are sort of observant went to the FCC a little earlier in the 2000s and said, "Hey, did you notice how the spectrum that's owned by the people of the United States is actually owned by corporations who are, you know, 94 percent, 96 percent?" chaired and staffed completely by males who happen to be white. And uh, the FCC said, ah, you could, oh, you know what, you're right. So they, wow. yeah, but I mean, there's it's like 2% of all radio stations in America are owned by women. About 4% have minority ownership. Um, and these are the airwaves of the people of the United States. And so mom and pop radio stations have been closing and, um, and being bought up by larger conglomerates. And there's nothing really wrong with larger conglomerates. Um, but it does close out these voices that haven't sure. been heard. Back to that unheard so, voices. So um, the Congress and the FCC working together, realizing that, yeah, actually this spectrum is owned by the people, figured out a way with um, some activists who are pretty much, if you, if you go to the web and you look at the Prometheus Project, mm -hmm. there are some of the people who are behind it. Um, uh, and they said, okay, so we're going to do this low-power FM availability, and we're going to have an open call. Uh, and we're going to issue a bunch of low-power FM radio uh, licenses. First thing you get is a permit to construct, and then you get your license later. So Deborah said, I heard they're going to do this. They're going to let these things, they're going to release these things in like 2012 or 2013. And she came to me and uh, the well-known Mick Jeffries, who is on Trivial Thursdays here, who is an original DJ from WRFL. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the engineer, the original engineer from WRFL and some other uh, community people and said in the Deborah Hensley way um, I don't think we should let Lexington miss this opportunity you know, if I were to pursue this are you in, you know, to help build it and I said, well, you know, I've got to get tenure but after that, yeah, of course I'll help <laughs> um, and so Deborah Hensley uh, you know, she just went into it full bore and she's she's um, she learned and learned and learned a lot about radio, just like we did when we were um, starting WRFL. Mm -hmm. And she put in this, she got a media attorney, just like we did when we were starting WRFL, and she she uh, raised a lot of money, a lot of it her own, um, and applied for uh, two uh, frequencies here in Lexington. Um, um, and she could apply for two frequencies because she was applying under a public safety um Moniker and uh, yeah, which includes public wellness and and you know the wellness okay. of the family and the community and the culture, and so she, this group that she that she, that we were all part of this, um, a nonprofit was awarded these two permits to construct two separate L low power FM or we call them LPFM radio stations. Uh, each of them kind of centered in downtown Lexington. One of them. WLXL swim, swinging out 3.5 miles radius to include all Cardinal Valley and Cardinal, uh, Cardinal Hill area. The other one, WLXU, swinging out uh, to include most of the east end of Lexington, Georgetown Street, that sort of thing. All of them include the campus areas in their center. Oh, okay, yeah, good. A little bit of Chevy Chase on one side and uh, down to Masterson Station um, mm -hmm. area on the other for LXL. Um, and in these in these coverage areas, uh, WLXL is 
sort of uh, probably Lexington Latino. That will be the first one we get on the air, but uh, until our programming splits off into more two, it'll be a, a combination of more uh, Spanish language programming and uh, regular programming then because the permits to construct are staggered. So our okay. first one, our first required on air date is October. And then there's another one that's a couple months after that. We think we will be on the air earlier. Um, but this is an opportunity for people in these, um, it's a community engagement opportunity for people in these areas who are people who are not white guys, not corporate owners, yeah. right? Uh, who may be women. Um, our board is, is all female, which is pretty unusual for a media owning mm -hmm. board. That is incredible. Yeah, right. So um, to, to create their own media, to listen to mm -hmm. their own news, um, and to portray their own culture and neighborhood interests in, in the uh, pursuit of public safety, wellness, and also in terms of emergency management. Fayette County Emergency Management has been very helpful and is going to make sure that we, uh, they're giving us a donation to make sure that we have generators in case the week-long wow. ice storm comes. Mm -hmm. Because there's a little bit of a blip in the coverage of the Lexington Emergency Radio, and it's right in these neighborhoods. So, um, and I live on the north side too. So, um, but in these in these circles, every census tract in each of these circles, except for a little bit of Chevy Chase and a little bit of the campus, is majority minority. So that means that every census tract is either majority African American or majority Latino. Um, and so it's also the case that, except for a little bit of Chevy Chase, and including the UK campus, I'm not sure how, but apparently students are so poor. But uh, in every single one of these, uh, people are living at a level of 19% to 46% at or below the federal poverty line of $11,300 for a family of four or about, gosh, what is it for a person? It's like, I think it's 56 for a single person under, under 62. So this is a place where people who, you know, are pretty much ignored by radio stations that don't want to talk to anybody who can't afford a set of tires, mm -hmm. right, um, have, are going to have the ability to make and listen to uh, and support media that uh, helps with things that are relevant to them. And we've, um, do you want to know where it is? Yes. Of course. Okay, so we have partnered with uh, the Lexington Steam Academy mm -hmm. um, at Sixth and North Limestone, and we are currently under the tutelage of um, our general manager. We have a couple of paid staff. One of them is Hap Houlihan, mm -hmm. uh, who you may know from the Morris Bookshop, mm -hmm. and uh, he is our general manager. And then we have Delia um, Gibbs, uh, who is a graduate of UK and is very fluent in Spanish. She's a graduate of the of the Bryan Station Spanish Immersion Program. And she is, is on our staff, and then we have a, a board of illustrious volunteers, um, which might include me, and I'm the director of programming. <laughs> uh, Deborah works with us on the project the whole time. Um, all, all sorts of great people. Uh, Lucy Jones is on the, the board um, from the Lexington Film League and the founder of the Harry Dean Stanton Festival. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and we also have a community youth advisory board which features Professor 
Frank X. Walker, mm-hmm. who's a just departing poet laureate of mm-hmm. the uh, of the Commonwealth, and then uh, a woman named Dianette Valencia, who is a labor advisor to the governor. She works for the state. Um, so, of course, public wellness in the Latino community is going to include OSHA issues and sort of things like that. Perfect time to take a break with yes. all that information. I'm so sorry. No, my no, God, don't it was be all so important, so that's just fine and dandy. Thank you. <laughs> right. But uh, let's get to a quick break and right back here on Office Hours on WRFL. With Brian Connors Mankey. Yes. We're back here on Office Hours, and Kaki is giving me the strangest stare right now after I gave that lovely PSA announcement. This, um, this is Office Hours with Brian Connors Mankey of the <laughs> College of Arts and Sciences and Dr. <laughs> Sarah Schutze. Uh, of the Department of English, whose work focuses on disease. Yes, That's indeed. Correct. Welcome. And if, you, and if you're a and if you're a loyal if you're a loyal <laughs> listener, you would know that we did a whole expose on Dr. Sarah Schutze <laughs> and her there work. There was. That's right. Two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Right after yeah. she defended. Well, it right was, after she I'll defended. have to. I'll have to. It check was a couple in. days after I defended. That's right. Yeah. The, We're having the trouble post, booking someone. Of, <laughs> yeah, that's part of the academic uh, rite of passage as the investigative radio show <laughs> after the defense. Yeah, and then they. They, yeah. they walk you around back like three times, and they make you, you know. It's the, well, you, it's the you, digital age. So yeah. instead of like doing the whole filing your dissertation over at the graduate school, right. now you the get a lady pod- with the ruler. Now yes. you get like yes, yes, the lady with the ruler or the man with the ruler. It's a lady. Now you get a it's podcast a right, instead. The, yeah. to talk right. all about right. your you research. St- I, I can attest to the fact that the, those two things go hand in hand. I totally <laughs> yeah. failed. I totally failed the ruler. I had to you go did? back. Yeah. Oh, so it's all right. It's all right. I, bro- I busted out my own ruler. It's so. okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> so we just- I was doing it on a plane. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah it was really Your hard perspective's to kind of, yeah, all right. off, you, right? got, you don't have much printer on a plane. <laughs> Not enough oxygen. Um, did you, we just heard squirrel baits <laughs> yes. on the break as well. So uh, give us a little tidbit on well, squirrel bait. Squirrel bait was part of this Amer- American punk renaissance that came out. And part of it was here in Lexington. A lot of it was in Louisville. Right on. Um, and it was, you know, in the day as we were trying to start this radio station, hear some of this music. Um, and uh, Squirrel Bait, I'm, I'm mentioning this because there is a new book out um, called White Glove Test, uh, Louisville Punk Scene through, through its flyers. And it's, uh, it's edited and curated by six different people, one of whom is a guy named Steve Driesler, who was, you know, part of, w, of Radio Free Lexington when he went here to UK and turned me on to a lot of this American American punk, you know, the likes of Steve Albini, the likes of Sonic Youth, mm-hmm. you know, um, before Death Valley 69, you know, some tape with the Beastie Boys and Cookie Puss. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, uh, and that was a tune called Kid Dynamite from Skag Heaven, Correct which is our second and final record. Um, so, you know, that's just some of the stuff we did at WRFL. So what can you expect at these new community engagement I want to know. That was stations. the question I was going to yeah, ask. Right. <laughs> so you're asking, you're, now you're yeah, asking I know. your own it's question. The, it's the cat ear job. take out our Well, so, so what, um, you know, so what we've got here um, with me in the position of being a professor of multimedia is I've got a great opportunity to work with students and have them work with um, what is sometimes called service learning, what mm-hmm. is sometimes called community engagement, in an extended way, because it's a you can do something service learning oriented with our station project and continue it after you graduate, 
um, you know, it's not just hey, semester closes, you get your right. B minus, and that's what you know, you're so out of there, right? And yeah. that's a problem with service learning mm-hmm. is that you know we're not parachuting people in. Mm-hmm. We hope, <laughs> right? So, um, so I'm. There are a lot of opportunities for internships, and people should that's contact fantastic. me at gmail dot com if they are interested in internships, and that should be faculty, administrators, or students that's if they're wonderful. interested in working. We have a great partnership with Bluegrass Community and Technical College, so we'll be offering, I'll be working with interns from, from there That's as well. That's fantastic. Working I know some people. Student, <laughs> working yeah. with students from the STEAM Academy themselves, being able to get their some of their their uh, high school academic credit. And those students are on the ball. They are Well, they are on the ball. They have been interns here at WRFL and, running the social oh, media. Right? Yeah, and the College Jeffries. of Arts and Sciences in the Hive. Oh. Yeah, that would be your domain, right? That yes. you run the Hive. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> all the busy bees and yeah. all the, the busy bees at the hive uh, who make uh, all the Including great me. no great <laughs> media, great media from arts and sciences, so impressive. Yeah. Um, but you know, what kind of programming are we going to have and um, put on the air? So the first thing is, at first we won't be twenty four hours. RFL was twenty four hours from the start, but oh, at first we're just kidding. going to be right from the beginning. Oh yeah! Wow, our WRFL has been twenty four hours, three sixty five for twenty seven years, nonstop, nonstop, and tons of rap. (laughs) 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 So yeah, but um, so we'll we'll probably have programming uh, from seven a.m. to seven p.m. and we will have um, a presence in the community. There will be in the Steam Academy. Um, and we will have open office hours. This is part of what the FCC requires for the low power FM stations. You're sort of you're making like a storefront, um, a, a community oh, hub place, mm-hmm. right? And so so we'll have that. And we've got uh, lots of very interesting people interested in um, in doing shows. And we're going to have some public events for people to come forward and propose their shows and do workshops and then get trained on on how to do these shows. Um, right now, our studios are being physically built by uh, the mighty, mighty Joe Gerlock, who is a mm-hmm. WRFL um, yeah. yeah alum, and also Doug Collins, who is the WRFL engineer mm-hmm. who built this place and who is moving it on these this trip here. So some fellow alums are yeah are right heading right but right so right now it's to, kind uh, of hard to have a meeting yeah. at our place when we're building our place. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we've got, for example, uh, Weta Michaels. Weta yeah. Michaels just contacted me. The 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 amazing, brilliant chef behind what Holly Hill and Smithtown Seafood and sure. Uh, what are the other great ones? Um, Wallace the, Station. Wallace Station. Yes, and uh, the the bakery there in Berea, right? Um, so speaking of chefs, here comes Dan Wu walking in. So, but uh, we know Michael has just contacted me. She wants to do a food show with Rona Roberts, who is very well known for her um, cornbread suppers, and she's uh, so they're in process. A woman named Lisa Miller is very very involved in women's health. Um, we will have radio and culture shows. I really hope to get some of our high school bands in there on a regular rotation. Oh, Not yeah. the whole band, but you know, like the. What, did you know they have a trombone? What do we have? We have a, it's called a trombone choir. Choir here yeah. at University of Kentucky. Of course, really? the, yeah, it's like sixty trombones. That's the choir. It's a choir. I'm exaggerating. It's more like 20. But still, 20 guys playing trombone as a trombone choir. And females. 
That's right. Thank you. A shout out to our sisters yeah. on, the, on, the, <laughs> on the trombone. <laughs> on the trombone. Choir. Professor Kathy Hurd's getting the feminist snap <laughs> smackdown here. By Brian, um, not, that I, not that I wrote. That's right. Not that I wrote any kind of a feminist master's thesis or anything. But um, yeah. So so we envision, and we're going to be having community news folks. We're going to train people to do their block by block community news. When a water main breaks, you know, at fifth. You know, at Fifth and Lime, that's in fact news for Fifth and Lime. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what to do. We don't know if our water's going to be off. Um, and the Herald Leader and the television stations and the regular radio stations are not running down to figure out what's with the water main break at Fifth and Lime for the most part. Um, and we'll be able to tell, for example, we went to uh, William Wells Brown Elementary, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a elementary school. Uh, in on the, the north on, side. Well, it's on the north side. It's in the east end. It's a nor'easter. Yeah, it's a nor'easter, <laughs> right. And so they had their first, first ever science fair. And um, this great group called Nerd Squad um, went in uh, and helped the kids do um, experiments on microbes, on germs. And they they had posters and they had their petri dishes. That sounds and they, like my kind of experience. Oh my goodness! And you know, <laughs> so I go over there. And we've got it online too. If you go to uh, what is it Lexington Community Now on Facebook uh, and uh, also on our associated um, Lexington Community Radio Now. Sorry, on Facebook, um, you'll see a little video of coverage that we did audio coverage. Um, where the students of William Wells Brown, there were you know hundreds of people came to see their science projects, and um, it was a, a wonderful community event. And we've got you know little eight and nine year olds explaining to me that their hypothesis, no, in fact, was not proven because <laughs> because the, they thought mouthwash would kill more germs than toothpaste, but toothpaste really killed more germs than mouthwash. I mean, totally totally getting them ready for the kind of undergraduate research they can yeah do, do here right yes. in arts and sciences. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, no, and but it's just nice. <laughs> it's just nice to kind of. No. Right. The woman who has this Nerd Squad nonprofit, which is an outreach, is, is a PhD student in microbiology mm-hmm. here at, at UK. How cool. Yeah. So, um, so that's the sort of neighborhood news we will cover. Is, mm-hmm. um, and then there are all kinds of festivals that, that, never, get, that never get covered, um, big community events where hundreds of people uh, attend and you know, the newspaper doesn't raise an eyebrow, and neither does TV, and most radio stations here in town are, do not have live news news broadcast, you know, news reporters anymore. So hmm. we will have that. We will have music shows. We will have advice shows. We'll have call-in shows. We'll have things about uh, public safety, like how to keep your house safe in terms of either um, what about carbon monoxide, what about all of these sure. different elements. The Lexington Health Department has... Uh, partnered with us for a, th- a wonderful three-year grant. State Farm Insurance has given us, I think it's a $10,000 grant. We're still raising money. You'll hear about that. Um, so the programming is really just to meet the needs of the of the people who will... Well, and not just meet the needs. I mean, okay. and also, like, provide the joy, right? Right. You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. what... What do you, you know, what do you want to hear about that we're not hearing about mm-hmm. on... Um, you know, my thought is, what if we had a radio show where two African American guys talked about UK basketball? Mm-hmm. Just, just a thought, right? Yeah. Right. 
because we have about 10 shows where a bunch of white guys talk about UK basketball, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, so, so yeah. So, uh, all, all sorts of things. More, um, again, that unheard voices Well, thing you know, we can, do, we can do... This is, you know, we're not going to be um, propelled by a need to meet a particular quota of things that are in the Billboard Top 50 right. scan, right? So, so can we have an African-American history show? Yes. Can we have... Uh, English, you know, for construction work uh, lessons on the air with mm -hmm. a, an associated web presence? Yes. Um, all of these sorts of ideas. Um, can we have a history of Lexington moment where we can learn all about cholera in Lexington? That's you can right. tell me all about I the cholera. You, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there's there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, think you know, there's one of these programs called uh, what is it? Stargazing? Is it Star? What's that thing on NPR? Star? Yeah, something like Starcast or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was just started by a guy who actually kind of had something to do with RFL in the beginning, who was interested in the stars and mm -hmm. said, "Hey, let's do that." Ideas like that are completely fine for our programming. Mm -hmm. um, uh, children's shows where where children are at the mic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. right. Sure. Um, so I'm I'm thrilled about this. We're coming into exam week. So for for this week until um, the very happy May 9th <laughs> graduation, um, we're building a studio with hammers, and uh, and I'm finishing this semester. But everyone should look forward to a lot of activity that calls for you and your community to come forward, uh, learn about programming, pitch a program, learn how to make. A radio show that works, mm -hmm. you know, and an associated website. So it's a, it's an entire multimedia training, uh, you know, place here on, um, you know, just on this thing that that people will like to listen to. So that's sort of where my professorial expertise yeah. can come in. I'm, it's twenty. It's you know, I have I don't know. I think I have fifteen percent service on my. Distribution of effort here at UK, so this is what you give this takes 75. a lot of right. Yeah, right. No, this, is, this is a this is nearly a full time job. So, but um, I'm happy to do it, and um, so that's you know that's what we're doing. And you're like, okay, so why is radio relevant in the digital age, right? Well, Brian and I don't think that, but but, but maybe <laughs> but, other people. Yes, think. Right. absolutely. Why? Well, I mean, this station thrives, doesn't it? It's it's the it is the still the epicenter of all things cultural in the community. Mm -hmm. right. right. Well, you know why does why does radio matter in the digital age? I mean, um, it, it's portable. It's one, it's like the cockroach. It's one of the hardest <laughs> things to really. It's one of the hardest <laughs> things to take down. In Katrina, very interestingly, in Hurricane Katrina, Katrina down in New Orleans. Um, the first round of these low power FM stations had actually been given their. Um, permits to construct and then gone on the air with licenses so these low power is wow. 100 okay it's a 100 watt radius okay so th the FCC rules in a in a market are that there's a commercial station that needs to be the lead station in case of emergency and what happened in New Orleans was that commercial station was owned by one of the big conglomerates a little bit failed to be prepared and also a little bit was devastated by the thing and the FCC issued an emergency power upgrade to 50,000 watts to that 100-watt station, the low-power FM station of the type we're building, and they broadcast. They were the only thing on the air in Katrina. 
post-Katrina. Necessary information. Yeah, right. You know? So yeah, yeah. So it is hard to kill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I just think you can you. Well, and the other thing is a lot of. There's this news out that Norway is going to turn off. The, yeah, the country of Norway yeah. is going to turn off its FM. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the country of Norway has, what, a 45% tax rate, and everybody gets a free computer. <laughs> like, we're not – we don't have that. We don't have broadband internet as a human right, like Finland has, like Estonia has, like mm-hmm. South Korea has. Like, everyone is allowed free broadband, and high-speed broadband in these countries because they've made a commitment. We in the United States have a digital divide where we have children who do not have access – to uh, computers, and we have uh, seniors now who don't have access to computers, um, and so uh, you know we'll be able to to use um, you know the radio to maybe sort of help make that transition. You know what I? You know what else about radio? Yes. What about radio? It's the joy of never like oh. station a station like uh, yeah, right, a station right, right. like RFL or station. Um, like the community radio stations that are coming right. this fall is the joy of never knowing what's next. That's right. I mean, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be a storefront station. We're going to be in your neighborhood. Some guy could walk in with graders. Some guy could walk in with a goat. Sure. And we'll just, right? <laughs> it's sort of so like... So bring your goat or like, graders well, down I'd like to, to right. No, I like to think they like, could just have <laughs> graders delivered. But, um, you know, I like to think of it as that um, radio station on... Uh, you know, northern exposure, just a lot blacker, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, like yep. geared to our yep. geared to our area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing better when than if I'm in the car, or uh, just doing whatever, and a song that you know hits me in the heart right. comes on that I didn't expect, mm-hmm. and right. it moves me and it makes me tap on the steering wheel or on the dashboard or makes me. Wave to some stranger on the street because I'm dance that like happy. Dan Wu, yeah. Dance like Dan Wu. Because Dan, that's what, Dan Wu on the mend. We call this chef yeah. on the mend, right? He's able to yeah. dance Every, in place. Everything here. else is so programmed in our lives. Yeah, like we right. like know everything that's going to happen like, sure. ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Radio can, is still that great unknown. Well, and it's also it's a person with you. Yep. You know, it's it's a human voice with you, whereas um, while Pandora and uh, and others and Spotify, they really, you know, have their hands around my metadata, mm-hmm. and they yeah. think they think they know me. They don't they know do you. Not they really, don't know you. They're not you really know me. in no. my, you know, now they're no, not really get me started really on all in that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's a whole you know, other show. A guy, a guy who's broadcasting from Sixth and North Lime actually knows what my concerns are on down there on East Lowry. It's like, how do I get the you goat know? from over there to over here? The yeah. goat! I know! There's goats! <laughs> I know it! I know it! Goats wearing clothes. Yeah. You know, that's the thing in North Hollywood. Is you, get a, you get a goat and you put it in people clothes. That's the new pet. This is an interesting way to, <laughs> Wrap to up end the show. Our, <laughs> our last few minutes here on Office Hour. So wait, I want to say, yeah. I want to say, Doctor Schutze, yes. Doctor Schutze, Doctor Schutze, Doctor Schutze, Sarah Schutze, PhD. Thank you, Kathy. You should be greeting everybody who defends their dissertation. You should just follow them around for a day. You're great for the ego. Well, it's a it's a long haul, and it's a great accomplishment. And so you're very kind to say this on your on your hour here. Hour on office yeah. hours. That's right. Yeah, and we've been very grateful to have you as the the voice along with us today. It's been okay. so, Thank much you so much fun. Well, I'm going to do a fill in show on Friday for my colleague Professor John there Clark, who has a uh, what is it six to eight? Six to eight. Which was you you were a co-host it was part for a of long me. Time. Yeah, yeah, part of mine. The the boost, uh, the 
the Phantom, the Phantom Power, Power Double, Double Hour. Hour. I named it. I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you come back, and we wish you all the best. That's great, and we can talk talk about metrics next time. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) Office Hours is produced in cooperation with WRFL and the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Kentucky. This broadcast theme song is Sandu, performed by Hugo Drupi-Contini and provided by the Free Music Archive.